You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, hello. Just just two weeks ago, I did not think we would be here doing church like this today, but things have changed so quickly in the last couple of weeks. The truth is, the things around our lives are changing so swiftly at the moment, and most of us haven't really even got time to get our heads around what's going on. There's so many changes to how our society is functioning at the moment because of COVID-19. I know it's impacting every one of us in a myriad of ways. As the Queen put it this week, we're in a period of uncertainty with structures and rhythms and patterns of life and services all disrupted. This week we've been grappling with how to move forward as church, but also like many of you, we have parents, we have children who are impacted by the risks, by the the decisions to close schools and cancel exams, and there's so much uncertainty. In fact, for all of us, connected in this moment, albeit in homes and different places around the city and around the region, but connected here in this moment, it's been a challenging week. I faced something of a moral dilemma on Wednesday morning this week. I went early to my uh, local shop to see if they had any toilet roll. And I was delighted to find that on the shelf there were, in fact, five packs of four loo rolls. So I took one, and then I found myself standing there wrestling for several moments as to whether or not to take a second pack. There was a gentleman in the queue to pay, and he had two packs in his hand. And I could see him out the corner of my eye, and I was thinking of my family, and then I thought of the other people who I don't know who might come in later. And I wrestled, and I stood there struggling, not really knowing what the right thing to do was. And then you'll be glad to know, moral decency prevailed, and I headed to the till with just one pack. At which moment the manager of the store came out and spoke to the cashier and told them that they couldn't sell more than one pack to the gentleman in the queue. And I felt slightly smug, slightly vindicated and like I passed some sort of moral test. These are crazy days. I mean, who saw a rush on tin chopped tomatoes coming? I know I didn't. Yeah, there is some humor in how some of this is playing out, but there's also a lot of anxiety. So many people are unsettled and anxious, afraid and worried and fearful. I am so grateful in times like this for the Bible, for God's word to us. In my daily readings this week, I've been reading in the Psalms, at Psalm 42 onwards, the Psalms of David. Their hymns and their poems, some of them are Laments by a man under pressure, a a man in uncertainty, a man facing danger, but trusting God to bring him through. You know, God's word can bring us such strength in times like this. So today I want to bring us to the words of Jesus in John chapter 14, verses 25 to 27. You might want to read the rest of the chapter later today, but we're just going to read three verses together right now. This is John chapter 14, verses 25 to 27. Jesus said, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In John chapter 14, verses 15 to 31, that surround these few verses that I've read, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. You know, he'd been around them for about three years. They'd been hanging out. The disciples were still working out exactly who he was and what he was on with, but they were used to having him around. And Jesus is preparing them because he knows what's coming. The things that we'll celebrate in a few weeks when it comes to Easter, Jesus knew they were about to happen, that he was going to go to the cross that he was going to die, and that although he would be raised to life again, he was going to return to the Father in heaven. He was no longer going to be with them in the flesh. And Jesus is preparing them for a new reality that they were going to have to get used to. They were going to have to become familiar with something changing and being different, where the who and the what that they depended upon was no longer going to be present with them in the same way. And he's introducing them to the idea that Father God is going to send Holy Spirit to be with them. Holy Spirit would be an advocate, a friend, another like Jesus, of the same nature as Jesus, who would be present not in the flesh, but in spirit. Not visible in the room, but who would live with them and live in them, helping them and changing them from the inside. And, and this is the Spirit of God who was poured out at Pentecost and who is now available to all who believe and accept Jesus. And it's right into this dialogue about sending the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ says these most powerful words with the promise of his peace. He says, peace I leave you. My peace I give you. And I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And so today I want to simply bring three points from these verses to help us to take hold of the peace of God that has been given to us. So first up, the peace of God comes with his presence. You know, we cannot disconnect the peace of God from the person of God and his presence with us through his Holy Spirit. It's his Holy Spirit living in us that brings us the peace of God. It comes with his presence when we're in relationship with him. You know, all of us want the peace of God. There's not one single one of us who doesn't want to know peace, to have that sense of rest and quiet on the inside of us. But we don't all pursue a relationship with God. Sometimes I can find that I lose my peace, I get worried or fearful about something, but I don't immediately always move towards God to talk to him about it or to pray about it or to ask him to help me, ask for his peace. But every time when I do, when I choose to pursue him and move towards him, when I bring what's troubling me to him, so often my peace is restored. You know, we don't always pursue his presence, a relationship with him, perhaps because as in the preceding words in verse 23 that we haven't read here today, Jesus suggests that relationship with God has to do with listening to his words and doing what he says. And for many of us, although we want peace, we also want to do our own thing. 
You know, we can sometimes have a tendency to behave a little bit like a spoiled adolescent of a rich father, where we want daddy to buy them a car, but we don't want him to tell them how to drive. But the gift of the peace of God comes in relationship, where we allow God to be God, where we allow him to tell us how to drive. Now, Jesus knew that he could promise the peace of God to his disciples because he knew the Father was going to pour out the Spirit of God, the presence of God. And the two hold together. The peace of God comes with his presence. Secondly, from these verses, the peace of God is different. Jesus says, I do not give to you as the world gives. I do not give to you as the world gives. You see, there is a kind of peace that you can get from the world. But perhaps what we're all observing right now is that there's a sort of peace that can come when all is well, when the bills are paid, when, when the family's getting along or getting along better, when health is good and there's food in the cupboard and needs are met. That there's a kind of peace that we can get from the world. But what we're discovering right now is that kind of peace is really fragile and it can really easily be lost. And we may try to use what wealth there is to prop it up and to protect it, but it's still fragile. And that's why we see and we hear so many people around us at the moment who are anxious, who are worried, because the peace that the world had given them has just evaporated around their lives. But Jesus says, I don't give to you as the world gives. God's peace is different. This is such good news. It does not only come to us when all is well. It does never get withdrawn. It never evaporates. In Philippians, another book in the Bible, which is written by the Apostle Paul, he talks about the peace of God which transcends all understanding. And he says it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, he talks about this transcendent peace, that God's peace cuts through all the circumstances of our lives. It rises above the issues of our life. It remains steadfast in the pressures of our life. It doesn't move. It doesn't budge. It is constant. You can expect something different from God's peace. You can hope and you can expect to know peace in the days ahead. You can expect to experience peace even in the toughest days because the peace of God is different. Jesus said, I do not give to you as the world gives. His peace is different. Thirdly, the peace of God requires action. You know, you may well ask the question, you know, if I'm saying, well, you know, the peace of God doesn't evaporate and it's different, then you could say, well, why do I still find myself anxious? Why do I still find myself worried? Why don't I have peace here today? And it's so important what Jesus said to his disciples when he was leaving his peace with them. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And Jesus' words to his disciples help us to understand that we have an active role to play, that God's peace requires action from us, an active part, not a passive one. You see, we have to hold on to the peace that we've been given because the circumstances of life, the challenges around us, the pressures that come upon us, 
they come to trouble our hearts. They can make us afraid. They can rob us of our peace. And we have to be active to hold on to the peace that God has given us. It's kind of like stopping God's peace being pulled off us, like a warm duvet being dragged off by someone determined to end our rest. We have to hold on to what has been given to us. You know, there's many practical ways for us to be active in holding on to our peace. It might mean being careful about what we rehearse in our minds, what we think about over and over again. We can be active in being careful as to what we watch and what we listen to, considering whether it's feeding our peace or whether it's feeding our fear. I'm not suggesting for a moment that we bury our heads in the sand and don't face the reality of what's going on, but we don't need to be plugged into live news feeds 24-7 telling us how difficult things are. We can be active by choosing to move towards God, to talk to Him about the things that make us anxious or fearful. We can be active in calling to mind the promises of God that are in His Word. There are so many of them. We can memorize them. We can speak them out. We can set them as wallpaper on our phones so that we see them all the time and are reminded of them or stick them on the fridge or wherever you'll see it often. We can be active in reading the Bible because when we read the Bible, we get reminded of who God is, of how great He is, and of how much He loves us and is for us. A really powerful way for us to be active is to sing to lift your voice and to praise and worship God and to give him thanks. You know, even on the toughest days, there is normally something we can find to be grateful to God for. You know, if you can find nothing else, the fact that Jesus came and gave his life for you because he loves you is a reason to thank him and a reason to praise. And thanks and praise open up the door to the presence of God, which is where the peace is where his peace is found. Now, of course, it's when things are tough, we don't feel like singing. It's not what we feel like doing. But when we choose to be active and to lift our voices and to sing, it shifts something inside of us and enables us to hold on to God's peace. That's what Jesus says. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace of God requires action. peace of God comes with his presence. The peace of God is, is different. And the peace of God requires action. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Therefore, we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. The Lord has promised to never leave you to never forsake you. He is your helper and you can trust him. You know, wherever you are right now, as you're listening, as you're watching to this, I believe that God wants to minister to you with his peace right now, that you might have the same confidence that's spoken about in that verse. So I want to encourage you right now to open up your heart. Maybe open up your hands so you can receive from him. And then I'm going to pray for you that the Lord would minister his peace to you. Father God, thank you 
for your peace that is different to what the world can offer. And it stands firm through all situations. It's not dependent on our circumstances. Thank you for this peace that transcends understanding. And right now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, please would you fill every open heart with your peace again today. Still every fear. Quiet every anxiety. And minister your peace. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.